0: Hello, and welcome to The Notary Business Talk. The podcast dedicated to sharing ideas, strategies, and techniques to help grow your business and improve your life. And now, with more than two decades of notary business experience, your host, Abraham Abraham Zamora, Zamora. the notary entrepreneur. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Notary Business Talk. My name is Abraham Zamora, and I am the notary entrepreneur and in this episode we are going to discuss how to conquer anxiety as a notary entrepreneur because that's something we all experience ronnie and i even 20 plus years 10 years later we're still experiencing some sort of uncertainty at times so it's completely normal but i i think more than ever we're seeing it come up more on like Forums. I'm seeing it on uh, Facebook groups. I know, uh, Ronnie, you were mentioning that in your uh, general mentorship, a a lot of this started popping up as a concern that notaries were having. And so we're definitely going to discuss that. As usual, we have Ronnie Mickle on the show, who is the uh, founder of NotaryStars.com and the co owner of Unlimited Inc. Notary, which is a nationwide. Signing service company. So as usual, let's welcome Ronnie to the show. Ronnie, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. I love being here. I love I love doing this with you.
0: Yeah, it's fun. I love I love the interviewing part. I love digging deep and kind of you know pulling stuff out of your head that sometimes I think you don't even realize are in there, and uh, uh, it's always fun. So, uh, but I want to go over a few things when it comes to anxiety and really. Three things, what is anxiety, and anxiety is sort of the way I understand it and the research that I've done, how it actually manifests as a notary, as a notary business owner, and ultimately, how we can overcome this anxiety that a lot of us that a lot of us actually feel. So I'll start off with what I think is <clears throat> the best definition I could find about anxiety. And then I want Ronnie and myself to kind of go over a little bit of how we've experienced anxiety in the past. I want to talk about how it manifests itself in the actual industry, and then we can talk about some solutions. But going forward with anxiety, so as far as I understand it, anxiety anxiety stems from emotions that exaggerate risk, the risk of being a notary business owner. Another way of putting this is like an irrational, irrational fear, a fear that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense based on the facts of reality, right? And these, Feelings usually come from ideas that we hold in our mind that aren't necessarily true. So it's true that there are risks in being a business owner. It is true that there is risk in being a notary. Some of the areas that I think are legitimate areas to be concerned about, to think about, to put effort into making sure you're the best at in these things Uh, But really where I think anxiety comes from are three, four different areas. One is the the fear of failure, right? Particularly when you're new and you haven't really had the years of experience that someone like, say, Ronnie or or I have had, where we've been through the cycles of the ups and downs and sort of know what the potential outcome is going to be because we have the experience behind us. But newer notaries don't have that. And so this fear of failure becomes more of of an intense emotion that ultimately leads to anxiety. Based on the context of their knowledge. I mean, they, they know only as much as they know. Other people could be telling them, yo, don't worry about it. But for them, they're not seeing a paycheck coming in every single month because there's no notary work. Let's just say, for example... Uh, there's definitely uh, a risk of failure. And and ultimately, Ronnie, wouldn't you agree that failure is absolutely possible in this industry as notaries? Not everybody, you would say, makes it. Isn't that true?
1: You know, I have to say that that is true. Um, I don't want to tell anyone that they can't make it. There are factors, and I, I want to make sure that this is clear because I don't want someone to think that we're pumping that into the brain because I don't want anxiety to come there are some factors that could make it harder for you to achieve success. If you are in a highly populated area or a you know pretty large city, you have a great probability if you're willing to put in the work to succeed. If you are in a more rural area where there are less properties and a less lesser population, you may need to combine services or combine things that you can do Um, In order to achieve success, and and when I consider success, it means never working for anyone but myself again. (laughs) Um, That to me is success. That's all I need. Uh, I don't care how much money I have. I just need not to work for someone else. Um, I don't mind working for clients. I don't mind working for other things. But it it may depend upon area um, and those types of things. But I think the fear of failure comes sometimes more times irrationally from those who don't understand the power that they have yes. to work on their own i think you know one of the first things to get rid of anxiety as a you know as a small business owner is to understand the power that you actually have of just saying i'm going to take this first step right
0: and that's not always very easy to do because particularly for those who are new they may not know what the next step is and they may not know who to ask or who to talk to i mean there are so many people out there giving advice i mean when you and i started it was it seemed like it was lonely only just you and i now it's the opposite it's there's just so much information on tiktok and youtube that it's overload right and and i think a, a, a feeling of being overwhelmed comes over notaries and they don't know, they become paralyzed. And I think it's, it's it's really
1: interesting that you say this. And I wish I had it with me today. Um, I actually just watched a documentary about the age that we live in. Take notary out of the equation uh-huh. altogether. We are in information overload now. There is more information being published every second now yeah. on TikTok 24 hours a day around the world than ever before in all of human history, so much to the point that it actually affects how webpages are categorized and 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 loaded. Um, Google was actually on a backlog for the longest time because they weren't expecting such an influx. It started uh, during COVID, which kind of like we had a lot of notaries come into the industry. Right. A lot of information, a lot of people started working from home, blogging, doing things, all of these things being shoved into TikTok, a new social media platform arose. Um, now we have even more information going onto the internet and it actually did cause a backlog of, of information. So if Google, one of the biggest resources we have for information goes on backlog, I mean, think what it's doing to our brains and information overload is actually a thing. Right. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And I, I would like for your listeners to actually just go out and do a Google search on information overload and how it affects the human mind and Human psyche and the the human heart and the feeling that you walk through your day with
0: yeah, it definitely can become uh, overwhelming mm-hmm. the The other area that I think is a is a is a realistic risk, although I think and this is where the anxiety comes from, I think notaries and people in our industry kind of blow it out of proportion. This is the irrational emotion, right or it becomes a bigger issue of what they really think it is, although it really is an issue or something to be concerned about. Uh, and that's the area of financial pressure, right? Even if you're making money, but specifically, especially when you're not making a whole lot of money, this this idea of being self-employed, especially if you come from empl- uh, being an employee, right, and you jump into notary, this idea of uncertainty, this idea of, you know, I didn't get as many orders, as many signings, as many notary jobs this month than I did in the last three months. Oh, my gosh that's it, it's over, this is how it's gonna be for the rest of my career. And then this is where the anxiety settles in. Although a legitimate issue, and way, there's ways of preparing, and we'll talk about how we can prepare to alleviate future anxiety, but that's definitely an area where I think uh, anxiety comes from, uh, from, from financial pressures. Wouldn't you agree, Ronnie?
1: I think so, and you know, I, I wanna say that anxiety starts before you start, actually, for a lot of people. I see so many people (laughs) sitting in their day jobs right now afraid to leave their day jobs and even stick a toe in the water on something that they're truly interested in. I guarantee you right now there's someone listening to this replay of this podcast or is going to watch it on on YouTube and they're going to say, oh, they're talking about me because (laughs) they're sitting at their job and they're really interested in this. They're trying to learn bits and pieces as they go and the anxiety of, Taking that first step of saying I'm going to do it part time or I'm just going to quit my job and go is keeping them. And then when you get into the actual career, and it's not just financial pressure, you know that is where it starts yeah. for a lot of people because you know finances are a huge part of of anxiety for a lot of small business owners. But the the anxiety stems to me from You know, when I started being a notary, I was single, and I was in my 20s, Mm -hmm. late 20s. I'm in my mid-40s now. And for me, I didn't have, you know, I was lucky in a sense. I mean, I I don't want to go down too far of a road. I mean, anybody that's at Notary Stars knows, and I love my parents, but my parents were very different. They didn't care if I went to college. They didn't care if I opened a business. All they cared about was I was a good person, and I knew how to balance a checkbook, and that I didn't rob a bank, and, you know, I didn't beat my dog. You know, those were the (laughs) biggest aspirations that they had for me, and to this day, you know, I own a multi-million dollar company, and I go home, and they don't care what kind of shoes I'm wearing. They don't care if my hair is combed. They don't care if I gain 10 pounds. They just love me, and so in a lot of ways, that was a really freeing because in my 20s, when I started doing this, I was living in the center of Los Angeles and the pressure actually came from me. But I can only imagine if I were in a relationship at the time of starting a business, I got into a relationship after starting a business. But you, if you're married or you're in a long-term relationship, you have someone else to kind of answer to and yeah. you are usually splitting the cost of life itself with someone else and that is a huge pressure to take upon yourself so that anxiety gets multiplied unless you have the right support system around you. right yeah or kids if you have kids I
0: mean you know give me a break yeah. and it's- you can't
1: even talk about it with kids most people won't even discuss finances with their kids unless they're you know 16 17 18 and then you start having to prepare them for the real world but how do you talk about this with a five-year-old and you say you know mommy or daddy might not be able to get you you know, the food you like this week, we're going to be shopping generic. Yeah. Um, You know, it's kind of a hard conversation to have with kids and a lot of parents won't have that conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I hear it all the time, especially brand new notaries who are just afraid to take that first order. I mean, I have people reach out to me all the time, either through uh, Instagram or they'll email me, by the way, if you want to email me questions and you want me to reach out to you and have a conversation, you can email me at contact at notarybusinesstalk.com, and I'll definitely get back to you if I can uh, within within a few days. But uh, I hear people come out you know all the time. Hey, I, how do I just take that first step? I take that first sign, and oftentimes it's just overcoming that fear. But uh, the next pressure that I noticed that really affects notaries to the point where it becomes anxiety is, is quite the opposite, right? The uh, workload demands. It, it's not when it gets really busy, not knowing when to say no, when to not take the order, which leads to overbooking yourself, being late. Uh, And oftentimes the the, the fear, the irrational idea that leads to the exaggerated belief is if I don't say yes to these companies, they're not going to use me anymore. They're going to find somebody else. I mean, this can go in so many directions. Most of the time... Which, you know, based on ideas that aren't based on truth. I mean, that's not really the truth. So what do you think about the idea of anxiety on the opposite end where people are just trying to take too much or more than they can actually handle and they become overwhelmed?
1: I have experienced this personally twice in my life. Uh, When I was putting myself through college uh, back in Atlanta uh, before I left and moved to Los Angeles, I was worked at a bar and it was open (laughs) seven days a week. Uh, Back then, Atlanta was a 24-hour city for certain bars. My particular bar was open from 4 p.m. till 4 a.m. And we basically, they overhired for the bar because it was just slam busy. Uh We basically just could come to work and tell them when we wanted to work and when we didn't. We had to be there, you know, the hot nights like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But during the week, they didn't really care. But I was so afraid to, I was making great money. I was so afraid to say I wanted a day off and I would always work an eight hour shift and sometimes take up other people's shifts. And then I remember the first time I asked for time off and my boss just laughed at me and he was like, I think it's been like three years and you've never asked for a day off. You think we're gonna say no? And I was like, (laughs) okay, I got it. And he was like, you really don't have to work as much as you do, you do a good job. Flash forward into, you know, I moved to Los Angeles, finished my degrees, um, you know, go through life for a few more years. And when I first started with the notary business, I did the same thing. I got to where, and if you take training at notary stars, you'll you'll hear me say, I used to come home and I would be sick. I would work so much.
0: Yeah.
1: And and I would make mistakes early on in my career. My brain wasn't ready to process that many transactions a day. People often and back then, you know, you know, just like I do, when this first all started, there weren't as many notaries. No. So there weren't ways for them to parse them out to more notaries. If you were a good notary and you serviced Los Angeles, you didn't service Los Angeles, you serviced all of LA, Mm -hmm. you know, from from the beach to downtown to North Hollywood. I mean, you were all over the place. And um, that just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, there's too many and they can get one closer. But I didn't know how to say no in the very beginning. Up until probably about seven years ago, and, you know, I've been very candid about this. Uh, I don't care if people think I'm weird when I say this, but um, at some point in the past, I actually overbooked myself so much that I wound up attempting suicide.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, it, I didn't feel it, you know, like I never felt it, like I was in a dark place. But as I healed from that experience, literally, um, I found myself understanding that I didn't take care of me first. Um, and and it was the pressure at the time. I was getting into a relationship. I was going to get married. I was in a lot of pain because, you know, some people know that I was ran over by a car years ago as a mobile notary. and um, and I And I was dealing with, you know, still getting my body in check. I'm doing great these days. But I was also, at the time, going through building a business. And that was just so much pressure. But I didn't know how to identify it as anxiety or pressure until it it went too far. And so I'm glad that you mentioned that as well, because you can have the opposite of anxiety. You can just keep pumping yourself until there's nothing left to pump or until it causes you to make a mistake or, or a big mistake like I did. Yeah. So it works both ways.
0: Yeah. And I want to throw that out there because I know your story personally, and I knew you had some insights on that. Uh, And then the last area where I think anxiety creeps its little, you know, vicious little head is, is it just being isolated as a notary or having a lack of, of support? I mean, when we work in an office, we have coworkers and we have other people that we can make friends with and talk with, but this, (laughs) I mean, especially when we started, but you know, now it's not as bad. I think there's, there's other groups that you can belong to and chit chat with people, but uh, it's it's been said that the notary signing industry or just being a notary in general is a very isolated lonely business that lacks the kind of support that people sometimes need to feel emotionally healthy and and i think this is one of the dangerous ones because it leads to a subtle anxiety that builds up over time without you realizing man i i, I would like some some feedback some human you know interaction in in the world that we live in and in, in the business that I'm in. I mean, what, what do you think of that, Ronnie?
1: I think that also has kind of two avenues to look at. So when you're actually running your business, whether you're working with a signing agency or a title company, you're generally outside of their office right. and, and you are sent an order. So you get in your car, you prepare your <laughs> file, you go to the signer's home, you do interact with them, but there's no personal interaction because you have to be so professional because you don't know these signers then you leave that appointment, you're in your car by yourself. So that's the isolating lone wolf. Um, you know, it, when it comes to uh, marketing, unless you're taking a marketing course, you know you, other is going to share their marketing tips with you unless they're far away from you. Because as you move closer to making friends with other notaries, sometimes, and we have been encouraging that all year to bring groups together because you should be turning com- competitors into colleagues Sure, uh, and actually sharing resources. We've talked about that before, but a lot of notaries um, do create the facade of, no, I don't want another notary in my life. And on, to top it all off, to this day, I don't think anybody in my family truly understands what I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't show them. It's not like I can bring them to my office and be like, this is my notary journal. Look at all the entries. Yeah. You know, I can't take them to you know uh signing with me i can't show them i mean they can see what i do on notary stars as far as teaching and now they're starting to kind of get it but back then like people were just like what do you do and i how do you explain it you know i mean (laughs) you can tell them but it's not like you know like my dad worked at duracell my entire life and he could take me you know to his job once a year and they had a fair and you know, my mom worked at department stores and, 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 and things like that. I could walk in and see what she did for a living. Um, You can't really do that with a notary. So it's sometimes the isolating factor is it's really hard to share what you do and have people understand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of why I've, I created this, the show, this podcast. I think it's something that, and I get the feedback, you know, I get the people feeling inspired by what we say and the reason I focused on the podcast as opposed to say YouTube videos and stuff is because I know people are driving around and they listen to the show they listen to the entirety of the show so um hopefully that helps a lot of people out there uh who listen to this
1: i w- I just want to say you know it's probably once a week, if not twice a week, yeah kay? we process about three thousand transactions a month. I know a lot of notaries that would probably like to have more conversation, but at least once a week, someone calls me almost on the verge of tears and sometimes on the in tears Yeah, and, and my our heart always sinks for them where they say you know i don't think i'm gonna make it i don't know if i'm cut out for this Yep. and for anybody listening if you're listening to this you are you're you're trying to better yourself you're trying mm-hmm. to find your way and i i just want to let anybody that's listening know you are cut out for it you are finding your way if you have spent this much time. I mean, we are 30 minutes into a podcast right now. If you made it to this moment, listening about this, it's resonating with you. And then that means that you are, but you're not alone. No, It's just that, you know, and you mentioned something earlier, and I know I go off on tangents, but we also live (laughs) in this age of social media, right? Where we're watching other notaries on TikTok who are having an amazing day, and they look great in their fabulous outfits, and they... It, their life sounds so wonderful when they're standing outside their fake uh, tick, uh TikTok title office that is not even real. Talking about how much money they made um, just so they can sell you something else in the video. We live in that age where you start to kind of believe yeah. the 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 unreality of. Of this and the NNA actually did a real study on how many notaries actually make six figures. and I don't remember the number right now, but it was significantly low.
0: Yeah, it's like eight to ten percent, I think.
1: It's really yeah. low out of 450,000 notaries in the country. Yeah, um, really low number compared. And out of those 450,000, only about 80,000 of those are actually loan signing agents. So, just so you know. The, the notaries above 80,000, they're not making six figures. Those are working at banks. They are just part of the NA because there are a notary, they may be doing general notary work, but you're not making six figures off of that kind of work. It's definitely gonna have to have some, you know, heavy lifting, high paying ticket items in there. But we're, lo- you know, people are looking at social media because there are a handful, even out of that 80,000, a handful of notaries who go on social media, and really grind it in which takes away away a lot of people's self-worth when they're finding their way they think i want to be that person i want to i'm not as good as that person but that's not true you just haven't found your greatness yet right and so i think it's important to note that too that social media can play a factor in, in your 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 well-being i actually don't look at social media i know people see me on social media a lot But that's not me. It's actually a hired team. Um, When I post, uh, you know, it's very rare. And it's usually the stupidest thing that we post. Um, (laughs) I posted something recently on Instagram and Gloria was like, you're not really good at this. Um, (laughs) I am good. I am good. But I come up with cheesy little things that I want to post because I don't really care about. And I made a post recently on Instagram and I I realized I don't show my face on Instagram like a lot of companies do. Because Notary Stars for me is not about how I feel and what I want other people to feel. It's an informational exchange for me. Um, So I want people to be aware that also what they're allowing into their eyes and their ears affects how they feel as well because it can add pressures that don't need to be there. right? Uh, you yeah. know, so I, 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 again, it's a tangent, but I feel it's important to add to the conversation.
0: I'm so, you know, and I'm glad you said that because I think what ends up happening is it creates this false expectation, right? It, became, it becomes this, and, and I think you're right. I'm sure there are a few of those notaries who are claiming that they make, you know, six figures every month, uh, you know, every year, and and they usually have a course behind their, them that they're they're trying to shove down your throat. Uh, and I I I doubt most of those are actually making that kind of money. But it creates this sort of expectation, especially for newer notaries, that that's the goal, that's what they should fight for, that's what they should. And I just had a guy, his name was JC. He's from Texas. He reached out to me. And we just, we started talking on, on 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 messenger on Facebook, and then I said, you know what? Let's hop on a Zoom call. We so I, I talked to him for like an hour. The guy's brand new; he started four months ago. The guy's hungry, and and he you know and, his, and he's telling me, Abraham, if I can just make five hundred a thousand bucks a month, like that's huge for me, right? That'll change the. the I can take my family for dinner every month where, where I, right now I can't do that. Yet, we're trying to sell people, hey make 5000 a month when they haven't even made $500 a month. And so I think expectations are unrealistic. I think they're trying to sell it more than it's actually true. I'm glad you're saying that. So for those of you who are like wondering, why am I not making $5,000, $8,000 a month? And everybody else in this industry is, the truth is, most of them are not. Don't hold yourself to that standard. We'll talk about what you can do to improve that. But I think Ronnie is absolutely correct. That is not what you want to focus on. That is not reality as it as it is. What we're going to talk about right now is. Uh, go ahead, Ronnie. You want to say something?
1: I, I, I can't wait to talk about what we do to fight anxiety. But before we go into that, I just want to mention I wrote down some of the m- most common things that I hear on these notary support calls. Yeah. Um, Let's hear it. The, the number one thing is they ask me, do you think I'll make it? Yeah, And, you know, I was actually called out by some crappy notary uh, once because they asked me, do you think I'll make it? And they misconstrued what I said. And my answer is always, that's up to you. And there were a hundred other notaries when I made that uh, response. But of course, that was drugged down the, the pipeline and said drug into something that I didn't say. <laughs> it's up to you if you'll make it. I can't be the determining factor. And I'm not going to be someone who says, yes, you're going to make it. If you want to make it, then you are going to make it, okay? Right. Um, I'm a big believer in the Jungle Book at Disney and, you know, just the bare necessities of life. You know, whatever you need, it will appear as long as you put one foot in front of the other. But the next question is, what if I don't succeed? I had that. That was a big one for me. What if if I don't succeed? Um, I had someone tell me, you need to have six months savings. I didn't. I just went for it and clogged my way. Uh, but what if I don't succeed? Well, now we live in a world in most people can DoorDash, Lyft, Uber, Amazon Flex. You've got a backup plan, okay? That literally only takes 24 hours to sign up for and get signed up for them. So I'm a little tired of that question. Like, what if I don't succeed? You yeah. got a fail safe, okay? Um, some people say, I don't think I'm cut out for this. It's because they get too nervous before. Um, uh, People say I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't see no one seems to understand what I'm doing here. Um, and they mean that in a lot of arenas, like other notaries don't seem to know why I'm here. Title and escrow don't seem to know why I'm here because they don't have their confidence level up and or their family. And then uh the biggest one I think is I'm afraid I'm gonna let my family down. Those are the ones that I hear the most. And I started keeping a log of them in in. I actually have like kind of like a reminder journal of things that I talked about with notaries so that I can use those to help other notaries. Um, And I save some of my emails sometimes to kind of refer to them so I can remember what I told someone because I'm trying to find the perfect answer. I don't know if I ever will, but I'm trying to find that perfect answer to get someone out of that. But until we find that perfect answer, let's talk about some of the things that we do to pull ourselves out of a out of a funk or get out of being yeah. scared,
0: so I think the first thing is we need to define what success looks like to us, and it doesn't have to be what we see, like you were saying on social media. It could be the five hundred dollars a month, like JC was talking about. That might be enough to pay for that vacation, you know, twice a year. Uh, so, what is success? And in, in terms of the, the, the answering the question, will I make it? I believe there is a systematic, step by step way to identify whether you will or you will not make it. And I'm going to discuss this. And this might be the answer you were thinking of, Ronnie, when you spoke earlier about uh, the sort of the way to to uh, overcome this anxiety, particularly of the fear of will I make it, right? <clears throat> so I have five steps that I've spent all day today preparing for this podcast thinking what 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 can I actually give people as, aside from this you know, this feel good affirmation crap. I mean, fine. You can tell yourself you're great all day. That's not going to make you make more money and, and increase your business if you're just telling yourself that all day. There's actually has to be a tangible, specific way of doing this. And here's what I've uh, discovered from, from my research. So number one, you need to evaluate your skills honestly. Most of you don't realize how good you are, I think. Or don't take the time to really sit down and appreciate the value, the skills, the attributes, the characteristics you have that make you great. You may have come from sales. You may have, you know, maybe you were in an industry where customer service was, you know, so, I mean, maybe you're great at remembering people's names. I mean, there's so many things that about you about that are great about you that can translate into helping you grow and improve your notary business. And I think the first step is to identify your strengths, identify what skills you have that will help you in business. That's step one. And, and I want you to, if you want to speak to that, Ronnie, go ahead, but I'm going to, I have five things that I want to talk about here and we can discuss them.
1: Just a little funny thing here. You know, one of the things I hear all the time is that I don't want to go back to corporate America or I think I'm going to have to get a, a job again. Yeah. Well, if you think you're going to get hired and you don't want to go back, I hear a lot of people who left their job, they were there for 10, 15, 20 years, which means they can hold a job, right? So they had skills that people wanted. Right. And they were being paid for those skills. But yet they fear going back to that job. And I I, I just think like, you know, if you fear going back to a job that wouldn't let you go and you left it, why can't you assess as a business owner why you hired yourself? Yeah, because you hire yourself as a business owner, you write your paycheck, and so you you need to take that assessment and be like, okay, I'm hired now. I just have to earn the money. You know, stop looking at you're not good enough. You know, for this position, right? uh, Because and thinking I'm gonna have to go get another job where somebody else can evaluate me. I'm not doing that to myself. Sorry. Yeah, Um, you know, maybe I've been in it too long, but I will never work for a job. For anyone else, again, it is too freeing to own your own business.
0: Yeah, and let me, for everyone that's listening, let me just tell you right now, there's a reason why you made a decision to become a notary, to start this business. You've come this far, you got your license, you got insured, you got your equipment. There's a reason why you decided to do that. And let me just say something else. It's very rare For an individual to have the courage to do what you've done, to leave a job, the safe secureness of a job benefits and take a leap of faith in themselves to go into business. The entrepreneur mindset, the thing that drives the world is not something that most people have, yet you do. Mm -hmm. And right now you're not giving yourself enough credit. So I need you to go back and think, what made you do this? What caused you to have enough courage to say, I'm going to do this? Whether you've quit your job or you're thinking about it or, or you've already gone full time as a notary and, and, you're, and you're stressed out about what's going on in the market, what is it? And I mean, what, what are some attributes that you think make a great notary? I think honesty is one of them, a great customer service, your responsiveness, right? Uh, I mean, what, what other what other attributes do you think people might start thinking about asking themselves, do I have these? What do you think, Ronnie?
1: I think it, when you're asking yourself those questions, um, the last thing on the list should be, I thought I was going to make more money. Yeah. Because, you know, again, I don't want to say everyone's going to make great deal, but those who apply themselves in this industry and give it just a little time, a little time and a little effort go a really long way. So I think money, monetary, should be the last on the list. If you perfect your craft as a notary, you will never be without a job. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. It's just, you know, it's just not gonna
0: happen. And that leads to the second point, which is analyzing the market facts. And I'm talking about reality. What is the reality of the market? What is actually happening? Not what do you think is happening? What do you think is gonna happen? But what is actually happening? So, for example, right now, we know it's a bit slow because the rates are high. That's a fact of the market. That's the reality of things. When the market, when the rates go down, the reality is that based on past experiences, it's probably going to get busy again. But you need to understand where we're at. Is it true? So here are some facts of reality, right? Is it true that there are more notaries now than there were before COVID? What, what do you think, Ronnie?
1: There is. That is a fact that there are more notaries now than there were before COVID. yeah um it's a, a simple fact now are all of those notaries full-time it is a fact that they are not absolutely right um, some of them are only working on weekends some of them are taking the files that you don't want to take right um some of them are going great distances for lower file fees and some of them are not not going to be confident enough to walk in and get direct business They whatever you want in this industry there's enough of and i have to tell you you know i want to find the right analogy for this but you know there people need notaries you know and (laughs) you don't you don't just make your money off of title and escrow in this industry You you know i was just telling travis like so we brought on a big client and We kind of had this one client come through that needed a bunch of work done and right before and then they kind of just slowed down and the new client came in that's business we've had clients come in before where they spent you know great deals of money and then it's not that they left us it's just that we finished the project with them um we've had instances where people needed thousands of things done by notaries and we filled the room with you know 10 or 12 notaries and they just notarized all day long um and those were great appointments. And then it would be strange. We would make all this money from that, and then our clients would be slow that month. Yeah. You know, um it, it you can't base your future all on monetary. You know, it, it just can't be.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think and I and I think being honest about the facts of the reality and analyzing the market is that you'll See the good and the bad of what's going on. And this is where I think a lot of notaries will, will start to panic because, right, you know, the big fish right now, this, if we were using a fishing analogy, the big fish for notaries is loan signings. I mean, that's what everyone's going after, right? And if I was to think, and I, this analogy, I always, I don't know why it keeps popping up in my head, but imagine, I, I don't know if you fish or not, Ronnie, I don't fish, but imagine you're going to go fishing and you're, there's this big pond, right? And most people are fishing for loan signings. So they all get on their boats and they go to the middle of the lake and they're all trying to fight each other. And that's where 80% of the fishermen are trying to catch this fish, loan signings. And in my mind, I imagine they're making such a ruckus that they start scaring the fish off and a lot of the fish kind of go to the edges of the lake. The rest of us might see that and say, okay, it's a little too crowded possibly in the middle of the lake. Let me go outside of of the mayhem and find other creative ways of catching these fish. And while everyone's-
1: Abraham, I'm so glad that you're mentioning this because this just brings me to a point. For anybody listening, I really want them to go to YouTube and look for a video called Notary on the Street. Okay. Um, it is a new concept of how to market your notary business. We just did a uh, an expose with uh, Marcy Tibero, T- Tiberio from the New York Notary Alliance who started the notar- uh, Notary on the Street. Uh-huh. It's exactly what you're talking about in this analogy. Perfect. Um, so keep going. Cause that's a, that's a perfect example.
0: Yeah. So, and so, and th- thank you for, by the way, that, and this is, this is why we do the show, right? We want you guys to get informed. We want to help you out as best as we can. Uh, you're, you're taking the time to listen to this and we're making the time to provide this. And I think we're each trading value in that sense. But once, if we can be honest about the, the, the lake, and in this case, the market is, is the lake, then we can say, all right, look, there. There are opportunities outside of the lake where none of the fishermen are crowded, and let me fish there. And and now you're catching fish enough to take home, enough to feed your family, because you're focused on reality. So and th- these are the now, now we're talking about the steps that are going to help you overcome anxiety. A lot of the notaries who have the anxieties because they're not taking the time to one, figure out what they're good at and what their strengths are. And how they can leverage those. Two, they're not taking the time to analyze the facts of the market. And as a result, they're not able to see the opportunities of where you can catch more fish. And that's how I see that. Okay? Once you've identified the facts of reality, then the third thing is to trust your mind. And trust that what you just verified and what you've analyzed is true and correct. This way, you can start asking yourself, well, what else can I do to make money, to be successful? It creates a completely different dynamic in your, in your brain and your mind to start seeking opportunities instead of whining and complaining of why the new notaries are taking your job and you're not making $200 a signing like you were 10 years ago. Get over it, people. You know, I mean, give me a break, right? Uh, so the fourth one is then... Judge yourself independently. Take everything you've just gathered, your strengths, facts of reality of the market, the fact that you've done the job properly to analyze this, and now judge yourself. Okay, based on what I know, based on the qualities that I have and the opportunities that I see, and can I truly be successful in, say, going after general notary work or maybe doing fingerprinting or doing... You know, maybe just specializing in going after jail notaries or hospital notaries. I mean, there's so many specific ways where you can generate $500, $1,000, $2,000 if you focus on a specific niche that no one else is looking at because they're all chasing the loan signings. That would be for, which is, uh, you know, evaluate or judge yourself uh, independently. And then the final uh, uh, step is, to take purposeful action. Once you've identified, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is the market. Here are the opportunities. I trust my mind that this is actually true and correct. Now how do I go about doing this thing that I think is the best opportunity for me? And then that's where you might want to find a mentor. You might want to look online. And, but now you know specifically what you want to target on. And, and that's pretty much what I think is the best way to get out of the rut, get out of the state of Fear, irrational fear and exaggerated emotional anxiety uh, and help you sort of think in terms of, you know, moving, um, moving past that anxiety. What are your thoughts on that, Ronnie?
1: I loved everything that you said. I think it's absolutely true. However, the power of anxiety that anxiety can have over us. I think that there has to be some other ways that are not analytical. Now, ultimately we have to be analytical to get rid of anxiety, just like you said. Right. But I have had debilitating moments in owning business. Uh, I've had debilitating moments in just life in general, uh, where anxiety can be overwhelming, where it, it can keep you from getting out of bed on time. It can keep you from applying yourself it can keep you from feeling like you're gonna be able to breathe your next breath.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, at one point in my life while I was starting this company, um, you know, years and years and years and years ago, I was at Cedar sinai in Los Angeles, California, convincing a doctor that I was having a heart attack and had to wear a heart <laughs> monitor for two months, um, just to be told that, nope, uh, this is still anxiety. Um, you know, <clears throat> I actually went to a doctor, it's so funny, I my heart was beating so fast, I was having a panic attack. And the doctor, I was like, I, you know, they were like, Yep, your heart's beating really fast. So it starts beating faster. And he was like, Calm down. And I said, I'm having a heart attack. And he said, No, if you were having a heart attack, you wouldn't be able to tell me you were having a heart attack. Like you'd be in so much pain. And that's when I started to get over anxiety. And I'll tell you, I came up with some things and I found the perfect way to deal with anxiety so i could get myself into that analytical mode that you were talking about
0: right to snap yourself and out of it right snap, snap. myself out of it yeah.
1: and i still have to do these things to this day yeah so um i have a playlist on youtube that's on my personal youtube on my spotify on on my um alexa she's going to talk but on my um on on all my music devices, I have a playlist. Uh On YouTube, it's actually a video playlist of things that make me happy. And one of them is uh, Kristen Chenoweth, if you hadn't. Um, It's one of the most funny videos of uh, Broadway play. And I wouldn't listen to this on the regular. It's just funny things. I have funny comedy mixed in with it. I have a funny get me out of my mind playlist, you know? And I sometimes start my day with funny videos, instead of looking at social media um, and and TikToks and looking through all the various various things, I'll go to my playlist. So as you're watching these things, start saving them for your future, save them to your own playlist and go to those playlists and watch those things that bring you out of a funk. I have two dogs. I used to have one. A lot of people know Mr. Strippy who passed away. He was there for 17 and a half years. Um, But now I have Layla and Porter. They've been in my life for two years. Um, So I really technically have three dogs, but one of them is just (laughs) on the Rayburn Bridge watching over us. I encourage you to play with your animals. That is what they're there for. Um, A lot of times small business owners Mm -hmm. neglect animals and that's the unfortunate thing is that they will always love us no matter how much attention we give them. So I have actually, while I'm working from home nowadays, I actually start my day with my dogs. I, my, my breaks also are breaks for my dogs. So uh, we go out and do our walk in the morning and Layla, it's like she's wearing a little watch, but you know, 11 o'clock they get a treat and I go into the kitchen and have a snack. Then one o'clock their PP break and we go out and walk and I walk on a path that I wanna walk on and then we have our, you know, 2 p.m., 3 p.m. Uh, time. Then they eat at 4 o'clock. Uh, and by the way, they have three small meals a day. And uh, then we go outside in the evening. You know, right now in Arizona, it's a little bit hot. So I spend a lot of time throwing the ball for them so that they get their exercise, exercise. But one of the things I found the most to be able to shake off anxiety, and I hope everybody made it to this point because I feel like I found the cure. And a lot of people don't, don't, who have anxiety don't understand this. So when I feel panic coming on or I'm having a bad day, I do things that I did when I was a teenager. Mm. Before I understood the pressures of life, before I understood mortality, before I thought I could die, before I needed money, before you even had to have money. You remember being 13, 16, you didn't need money to have fun. Wait, wait. Need- We're going to die one day? I'm just you know, Yeah, <laughs> you know, before before you started thinking those things. So I own a Nintendo. I don't like to play Nintendo, but I did when I was a teenager, so I own one. Yeah, um, I own the Nintendo Switch where you can download games, and I, the only games I ever play are Mario games and Donkey Kong, so anything that that's 2D. You don't have to get complicated. I started bike riding. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to be a BMX, uh, you know, jump ditch person, you know, ramps and all that stuff, and I used to build them and do it. I would probably break my back if I tried to do something like that now, but... Riding a bike, just feeling that wind on your face. You know, we have a great canal here in uh, Arizona. You can ride a bike up and down it when it's not too hot. Um, If you live near a park, I will tell you everybody in the world has been on a swing set. And, you know, uh, you can go to a a park and just sit in a swing and swing as high as you can, Uh, it's not going to hurt you. another thing that we all did you know especially our age you know if you're younger and have anxiety you you might not understand this but i used to go to the mall in the movies as a teenager and i have found that going like not watching a movie on netflix right but actually going to the movie theater buying the popcorn buying the candy have have broke me out of those funks and panic attacks um you know sometimes there's not a movie to watch but going to the mall we all went to Claire's and looked at stupid jewelry. I mean, it's different now, but we all went and bought hacky sacks and do those things. I still go into those funky stores. Um, yeah. And, you know, my, one of my favorite things to do is go get lost in a dollar store because you can spend all you want in a dollar store and buy, you know, candles and crap and things that you don't really need, but you might use one day.
0: I mean, um, I just I just went to go see Barbie at the movie theaters. It was a blast. By the way, it's a good movie. If you want to-
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> A couple more things,
1: coloring in a coloring book. Yeah. Um, they make adult coloring books as well, uh, where, you know, it's things that you can hang on your wall and frame and all these things later. Um, another thing is call up an old friend. If you find yourself, you don't need to tell them you're having a panic attack, especially if you haven't talked to them in a while. Yeah. But calling an old friend and just catching up and saying, hey, I haven't talked to you in forever and I just want to see how you're doing. You can wind up being on the phone for an hour and a half, yeah. you know, two hours sometimes. Um, and, and the, the biggest thing is identifying why you're actually panicky or having anxiety um, and what you're really stressing about. You need to speak those words out loud. And I have found once I actually identify what it is I'm dealing with, because sometimes as a business owner, there's so many things that you don't really understand why you feel the way you feel. When you start naming things and I, it, you it, the way I do it is I say, you know, uh, I've got too many calendar appointments this week. I've got, you know, to do this, this, I need to find a way to balance this. I'm trying to save for a vacation. I start naming the things. And for some reason, you will always know the moment you hit the answer. you It will be like a lot of ton of weight lifted off. And then when you find that answer, you can address it. You know that's when you can start getting to the analytical side because until right. you identify it or until you bring down the anxiety, it's going to be hard to get to that analytical point that you that you uh, talk about, which is very much a part of of taking that big step forward. Sometimes though you have to take that little step and 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 identify the problem and sometimes, the best way to identify a problem is pull out a coloring book or go get on a swing set or ride a bike.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and, that, and, and that, that's called introspection, right? And so the process of introspection, which is what you just described, and, I'll, and I, I studied this ex- extensively, which has been very helpful, is the first thing to do is identify what emotion you're feeling. So is it anger? Is it stress? Is it fear? Is it sadness? Then you have to ask yourself, okay, what triggered that emotion? What specific event caused me to feel that feeling right mm-hmm. and then once you've identified okay this is what caused it let's just say you didn't get any end of the month and you realize and you look at your statements you look oh, you've only made half of what you normally make and you start feeling this fear this anxiety that's the trigger then you have to ask yourself okay what idea or belief is behind that event that's making me feel this emotion. And then the fourth question is to validate it. Is that feeling or idea true or not? So let's just say you don't hit the month that you typically hit and you start to panic, you have anxiety. Then you ask yourself, what is the idea or belief that I have in my head related to this trigger? Oftentimes, if you're honest with yourself and the introspection is to look into your consciousness to find the answer, in this situation, it would be something like, well, it means that the notary business is dead. and I'm never going to have work again. Then you ask yourself, is that true? I mean, is that valid? Is, is that a, a, a correct belief or idea? Once you realize it isn't, which it isn't. Notaries have been around for over 2000 years. We're probably going to stick around for a little longer. Then you start to realize, Oh, it's the idea or belief that popped into my head based on that trigger that's incorrect, which is causing this emotion. Now you can reprogram your head. Start cr- fixing that idea or belief that, that you're holding. And that will help. And that, so this is what you're talking about. So initially shocking yourself. You have your pets and you do your bike. I, I do a little harmonica. And that gets me out of my funk. And then you start analyzing. So, yeah, good stuff. And you wrote about this on your blog, right? Is that, is that I remember reading that.
1: I did, and I'll be embedding uh this particular episode into that blog as well. Excellent. Um, and I'll link it into the our YouTube play. And uh you I'll I think you have it to put uh on your website as well. Yeah. The the one thing that I wanted to add to that really quickly is um as you were talking, it jogged my memory. And I just want to see if I can get this these words out properly. <laughs> Sometimes the way we feel as adults can also be brought upon us by something that happened in our past.
0: Usually, yeah.
1: And, you know, without getting too deep, because I am not a a therapist, a psychotherapist, a counselor, or any of those things. I just have lived a life and had to deal with these things myself. Sure. Uh, You know, I love my parents, but, you know, my father sometimes tried to make me feel dumb as a kid because he thought that would make me better as a person. And, you know, he since apologized because we didn't have these these, I understanding of where how this affects people however throughout my life there have been moments where things that were said kind of resonated as i got as, as an adult i've had to overcome a lot to just own a business and i start seeing sometimes notaries that bring their past with them yeah you know whether it be that you had a boss that made you feel bad about yourself even though you might have been there for a long time or when you were younger, you were fired from a job because you didn't do the right thing or, but you're different now. You're, you know, the further you have away, and even if it was your last job, you're in a whole new place now and you can't bring something that happened from the past into the future. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't let it. And I I said this on a, on another call um, with the, the, our general mentorship weekly. And this is the, I think this is, the last thing I'd like to say is anxiety does not, is not on your payroll. You should not write a check to it. You're not going to write a check to it, you know, so it really has no place in your business. You as a business owner really have to take the authority to identify what anxiety is and say, get the hell out of my office. Right. And that, that should be, you know, if you wanna have anxiety over relationships, great, but your business, you should be able to say, no, you don't get to work here. You're like, you don't have a place, the place here. There's no desk for you here. You know, talk to anxiety. Like it's a person and say, get the hell out of my office.
0: Yeah. And it's, and I think sometimes that works. And and sometimes it's just, it's such a overpowering emotion that, and I, and I want to say this, and I should have said this at the beginning, you know, this isn't medical advice. We're not giving you guys advice on how to treat this kind of stuff. This stuff is serious, right? And I think in most cases, what we just talked about and what Ronnie just said will hopefully help. If it doesn't, though, definitely seek professional help. You know, go go talk to a therapist, a a counselor or something. Or
1: a uh, business
0: coach. A a business coach. Someone that can actually help you sort of see what you can't see because you're a little too close to the picture. But at least for now, I hope you guys enjoyed the content that we gave. Now, I know, Ronnie, you have... Uh, you yeah, every every like every half a year every, biannually you have an event coming up. I know you have an event coming up. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Um. So it's actually a biannual event now. Um. Every six months I do an SEO seminar. Okay. Uh. So if you are a business owner and you own your own website, it is a paid seminar. Um. I actually upped the prices this year, and they're probably going to go up next year. Um. Recently, I was inducted as a Wix expert. Right. Um. So I'm actually the highest level. Wix expert that you can possibly be at Wix. Um, I don't work for Wix, but anyone that's building their website through Wix can actually contract me. Um, and I can invoice directly through Wix for helping them. But I also sell things on my own. And you guys know I have a marketing course. Uh, but I, for anybody, it's not my marketing course. Let's say you own your website, you know a lot about marketing, but you don't understand how the internet works. Uh, on August 12th and registration will be closed at August 11th. You just go to notarystars.com, it'll be right at the top. But I will be teaching you everything that I know in a 4 to 5 hour seminar about search engine optimization. I will be going over every component. It you will believe you won't believe how easy it is. Um so if you own your own website, if you're working on WordPress, Wix, you know, GoDaddy, I will be taking you through the components that you should be able to uh, do on your website. No web design skills needed. Um, and you will know when the next person calls and says, let us do your SEO for 350 a month. You can laugh at them and hang up because they'll never do what I will show you that you can do. And I can put my money where my mouth is. I can actually show you several pages that come up on page one of Google, sometimes beating Google My Business, um, meaning that the website is so powerful it comes up before Google My Business, which is really hard to see. Um, but I can teach you how to do that. And if you're interested in learning, the registration is on notarystars.com, just right at the very top of the page.
0: Excellent. All right, so if you guys are interested, if you think that's something that might benefit you, that might help you uh, go in the direction that you've identified is the direction you want to go in because it makes most sense to you, then go to notarystars.com and check that out. And uh, Ronnie's a, a good friend of mine and I've worked with him, for many years and so you know he's definitely helped me out personally so ronnie thank you for being on the show and i also want to say that you know more than ever i'm really interested in hearing from you guys you guys get to hear from me and from ronnie and the other guests that i typically bring on this show but i'd like to hear from you guys i really am interested in knowing what kind of things you guys are struggling with what kind of things you're needing help with i think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking to hopefully do more shows, more frequently, and I think that kind of information would definitely help me with creating content that's valuable for you guys. So, uh, if you guys have any ideas, anything you, anything you're struggling with, uh, reach out to me. My email is contact at notarybusinesstalk Until then, I hope you guys enjoy the show, and until next time, be well, take care, and stay productive. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care now. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Notary Business Talk. To learn more about becoming a notary entrepreneur or to find out how Abraham can help you achieve your business goals, visit notarybusinesstalk.com.